Welcome back to Maiden. Hi. What's up, guys? Welcome. The weather is beautiful outside. It's summer. We're here, Maiden, where we We talk about pop culture, current events from our point of view. Welcome if you're a first-time listener. We're really happy to have you. Exactly. And uh, yeah, like we said, there's tons of stuff that happened, but today we are ending on API month. Yeah, Don't you feel like it's been one of the most quiet API months? Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's like for, like, it's so sad because I feel like the one that was so big was the one where everyone was getting harassed and killed and literally killed. And so there was like all this other stuff. And then next year was like a little bit smaller, but like celebration still. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously every freaking day in our lives is AAPI month day. But like it was, there's so many embarrassing public things that happened that I was just like, I think everyone's just like, oh, let's just wait before we just overdo this shit. You know what I mean? It was so much, honestly. I know. (laughs) I remember when we had our banner year of API month, I was like, I just know next year we're not going to get as much funding for brands or, you know, see that recognition. And that's, yeah, it is, it is super sad, but I think that's also not representative of, you know, all the work that maybe we're doing for representation, because on the other hand, sure, maybe there's no corporate of America celebrating API month, which does not validate who we are in this space, but we yeah. are seeing it more in representation of like, like we did a roundup of all the Asian TV and movies that are coming out. And there was like literally more than a handful. And that has never happened to us before. I know. So like, actually, I think it's great because um, I'm sure you'll talk about it, but I know Jazz, you went to see a movie to see for so long. Yes. And there is, there has been a lot of stuff. Like I, I haven't watched a lot of, uh, okay, my thing is obviously, Jazz. I think you know this. I hate watching things when they're hype because I get so drawn in that I don't want to be disappointed. That I just need to like wait. You know what I mean? I just have mm-hmm. to wait and see if I can like it. But something I just watched because I was like, you know, I need to see if this freaking accurate is American Born Chinese, and I actually really like. It's really kitty. It's super you love ch- Michelle Yeoh. I love her. I mean, yeah. you know, I love her. I love her as a fighter and what she's done in her old stuff. And I'm happy for her now, but I was just saying like, Oh, I'll just watch this. It's not something I would normally watch. It's still Mm -hmm. really Disney and childish, but it was kind of cool. So I did was, I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch this. Whatever. It just came out. Um, Before you tell me what, what, how you felt about it. Can you give me some synopsis? Like I have no idea what it's about. Well, basically I think this is in a lot of themes like Dragon Ball Z, but there's a legendary Chinese character like this is monkey king so i don't know if you've seen him he holds a staff he's a monkey but he like basically is a god and he travels by cloud if you want to see him visually there's so many types of comics and everything that has him, including dragon ball z but it's actually like a uh, one of our you know like chinese lore that basically this god defends us from evils keeps the heavens and basically like we see him as a god who wards off evils which is a lot often and the evil is represented by the bull demon Basically, these are just like mythical creatures that we obviously like remember and still get characterized today. So it was really cool that they brought it to a 20, 23 century high school and basically two parallel worlds where um, there's heaven, which is where all this is happening. There's a monkey king that exists, but it lives in parallel with um, just a boy growing up who's Chinese, who feels awkward at school. His parents don't show him affection. They're going through a little fight, but it's like so 
you know, it's just like a lot, very typical immigrant uh, or second generation American mm-hmm. Chinese born person. But basically they have to work together in this parallel world to make things right. And that means so many different things. It's really interesting. Is it kind of like multiverse, everything, everywhere, all at once meets like Chinese folklore and like an Def- American lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But only like two portals, like heaven, which is our, like the mythical world of the monkey king and earth, like us and whatever. Cool. Yeah, it was interesting. But basically like they had to use, rely on each other to solve issues and like learn a lot about each other. And obviously they tried their best to make some nuances that are like, you know, Asian people do this, but I have to say that some of the way that the main character was acting, who's one of the characters, like student, who's a student, high school student, I was like, that's, some stuff was so unrealistic to me because I was mm. like, oh, you're missing the nuance, nuance. But it wasn't like I was like, ban this shit, whatever, it's bad. I just meant like, Can't yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I was like, oh, I've never react like that. I don't think my cousins would, but who knows? I mean, like, this is like a Gen Z generation of American born Chinese kids, right? Like, so I don't actually know if that's, they're more vocal or they're more like open, right. you know? And I was just like, oh, I feel like we were all not like that, but who am I to say? I don't know. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like when we were in high school, we were like so repressive and we were like so embarrassed and ashamed yeah. with even more representation now and even more ways that we can talk about it. I mean, the fact that white kids are enjoying eating kimchi is like such a big win. So hopefully it's there so is no embarrassing lunchbox stories moving forward so that is cool and the fact that it's on disney that's like a really big deal too yeah and i really like that i mean hopefully we could do this for other stories too yeah you know uh but it was you know the cast it was almost like half or 70 percent mandarin it was really interesting Mm -hmm. like that they blended between both and then i saw some actors that were really big in hong kong like join this kind of crew which is really i love that crossover i know it's wild like Daniel Wu is like a, one of a huge star who can, like who was born here or America and then moved whatever to Hong Kong for a stardom. And then he came back basically to do this show, which I think is cool. Like, I think it's his first fully, you know, main ish character English speaking role in a long time. So I thought that was really interesting. Nice. Um, I, yes. So I did. I got to put it on my list to watch maybe even like a good filler show. Cause I'm not the biggest, like, yeah, it's a, it's Dragon a Ball Z show. fan, but yeah. yeah, excited. And more shows that we can watch to critique, even though we're asking for more, we are so spoiled. Um, yeah, so my friend Hannah was lucky enough to get an advanced screening ticket to Past Lives. And I talked shout about out it. Hannah. I think, shout out Hannah. Um, yeah. She, yeah, got the tickets. And I've been wanting to watch this movie for so long because I saw the trailer and it was one of those movies and the trailers that I was overhyping it in my own head. So I really yeah. tried to manage my expectation because just the story of, you know, childhood best friend, you meet decades later and you reconnect, but you're in different time in your life. Like it was just so beautiful. Yeah. It's just that story in the trailer. I thought like, they captured it perfectly. So I even like actively told myself, okay, Jazz, like you're probably not even going to cry. Like you might not even like the movie. Like we'll see. So I went in and I will say it was completely different than what I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more like, I guess not rom-com-ish, but like more of like tugging at the heartstrings, that kind of romance, but it was just so realistic, even though there are characters that are like a little bit too 
idealistic to portray this character in the in the movie but basically we go through the opening scene itself was like perfect just draws you right in because you know that game you play when you're at a bar maybe with your partner or your friends and you see other people on a date or like oh like what do you think your backstory is and yeah, then yeah. the first scene of the movie starts off like that and this won't be a spoiler but even in the trailer it shows basically two korean friends a guy and a girl meet in like elementary school the girl ends up moving away and immigrating to canada and then like 10 years go by they reconnect but they have to have this like long distance like relationship or friendship um and then it just doesn't work out and they're like in their university year so they want to live their fulfilling lives and then they kind of have to take a pause and then another 12 year goes by and at this time the girl is married to a white partner and the guy you know don't really know what's going on and that he ends up coming out to new york where she lives now to like meet each other in like 24 years i guess wow. and they do end up with the white husband and the Korean girl and the Korean guy end up all going for, going for a drink. And then the movie starts off with like people that are just the viewers that are at this bar be like, what do you think their relationship is? Like, do you think that's like the brother and that's like their coworker? Uh, so like, and then there's a scene where they kind of break like the fourth wall and Greta yeah. just looks at the camera and then yeah. that's how it starts. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I already love it. And yeah. to boot, the writer and the director is Canadian. So she grew a Korean Canadian. She grew up in Markham. So because it was advanced screening, she was there to do a Q&A after, which was so cool. And she was talking about, yeah, it's like such a homecoming. I grew up here. Um, and to be able to tell that story and to boot, to be, I don't know why I keep saying to boot. Um, <laughs> the fact that it was an A24 movie, like the cinematography was so beautiful. The music, the locations, like you know those movies where there's no dialogue, but the silence is so yeah. loud and it just fills yeah, yeah. every emotion without trying so hard. It could be just like one look that Greta's giving uh, the male character. Like it was an incredibly heart aching movie, mm. but no, like not teary eyed, but I walked away like with like heavy in thought. Yeah, I feel like what you're giving and also like I I the style seems so subtle like you said no dialogue yes. but just so much uh action emotion or just like such a big story build up without script which is amazing and I love movies like that mm-hmm. um I mean I haven't watched it I really do want to what You'll do you love like it. what would you uh not rate it it's kind of hard to say but like okay if we had to what would you say oh like eight out of ten like it was a yeah. solid movie I thought is one of those things that I think will age well and like you'll watch it again and maybe you'll pick up on different nuances or different like dialogues. Like, yeah, it was just like a really beautifully well artistic movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think that's really cool because actually like, I mean, as you know, we watch K-dramas. I think people know that on the show. But like that male lead is someone I recognize from Yeah, did you watch right? a K-drama he was in? I did. I don't remember what it's called. It was from a while ago, but I know that he, like, I was looking this up because basically um, what I'm seeing, which is really cool, like with the Michelle Yeoh, with him, uh, with a lot of people is that a lot of people that made it big in their home, like, you know, Korea, whatever, um, and only really got that stardom there, which is not anything bad. I think it's already huge and no one needs any, like, it's not necessarily they need more, but it's kind of cool that they're uh, crossing little waves into Hollywood too. And Mm -hmm. like having those roles, like, um, I mean, I haven't watched this because I don't really watch stuff like this. I don't know if you have, but 
that exo kitty show where like oh. going back to korea no. I, I haven't watched it i don't think i yeah. can watch it but i was reading something about like those actors are they act in korean shows like those a lot of the actors there like younger mm-hmm. ones and like what they had to do not that they had to learn english but just like get comfortable with something different however they also used a huge korean cast because it was it took place in korea so it's like right. it's so funny that like the definition of hollywood and i i don't want to say this because it's like obviously pay your script writers like for sure 100 but it's really interesting how it's not even like hollywood is always gonna be a thing but they're melding together so much so mm. like i was like oh i know that guy from like a totally different world in my head which is my world of k-dramas like i always see it so distinctly different and now i'm just like you know that's maybe what we wanted you know that's kind of cool like where it's just melding together where you're just like oh that that guy wasn't there but you know uh wasn't a korean drama and was always in korean dramas but it's not weird to see it somewhere somewhere else right like in an american production or something yeah like i guess we do put them in a box especially i feel like k-drama is like such like a typecasted role and they have their bread and butter of like variety shows to you know game shows and k-dramas like it's all like cookie cutter but i love that you brought this up because i recently was thinking about how Jenny from Blackpink is in this new American show with HBO Max called The Idol. And it's been very controversial because it's written by Sam Levinson, who did Euphoria, which if you don't know, it's a very, it's a high school drama, but it's very overly sexualized. It's very dramatic. There's a lot of drug abuse and like trauma and like all of that. Very Gen Z show. Um, And he wrote this one with The Weeknd, like the rap, the singer, and the whole drama behind it, TLDR, is that first there was a female writer, but either The Weeknd or Sam Levinson didn't like it, so they fired her. And the story is about this pop star who gets involved it with like a cult leader and then kind of grooms her and then makes her to be like the Britney Spears of it all. And the girl playing it is Lily Rose Depp, who's like the most like iconic nepo baby of and jenny has a small part in it and she's in the trailer so like obviously it's super exciting but i was thinking about how with all this drama that's surrounding the show the idol jenny being involved in it i wonder what that would mean for jenny's core audience which is based in korea even though blackpink is one of the biggest not even k-pop stars they're like pop starlets because Yeah, because they had Zion and Coachella, like it was a really big deal. And I made this TikTok about it, just talk about it, because K-pop idols are supposed to have the most squeaky clean image. They are supposed to shy, like deter from drama. They are known not to talk about dating, drinking, sex, drugs, like all of that is off limits. So the fact that Jenny's team wanted her to be in a show that's so controversial to begin with and you know covering topics that are more like not taboo but like it's more like oh my god like in the korean asian yeah. this, like community yeah so they just like launched that in cans and yeah which is like i wonder what like jenny's publicist team thinks and then a lot of people were commenting being like but you know what like the show isn't for koreans so like the korean netizens like won't care for it or they won't watch it and like i i that kind of made me sad because like i mean i know a lot of korean friends that live in korea watch euphoria like i don't think we should limit ourselves with the type of shows that we watch or you know 
feel like this actor or actress can only be in this type of show. So I do think it'll have a reach, especially if someone like Jenny's in it. Imagine someone from BTS was in like an American show. That rating would fucking skyrocket. Like, so yeah. I know the idol will have eyes on it, but I thought it was interesting. There are people out there that like have put her in a box or like, don't think, I think that the greater audience will watch it. Yeah. I mean, I think they're so wrong. Like just because I think she's at the stardom point. I was reading something about how like they get paid as a, as Blackpink got paid, probably broke a record for getting paid for the most made at a concert. Like I think 10 million in Mexico, something a night or something like that. It was, uh, I think it, it That's did break. crazy. Yeah. So I don't, I personally don't think that at this point, I like, I really do believe, yes, I know how strict that idol life is. And obviously you're explaining how extra strict it is. And I was also reading stuff about like one star named Susie, who basically mm-hmm. who she like, there was a like another star who was a woman who was getting saying that she was getting like uh like people were being misogynistic to her in her in her whatever inner circle or whatever and her agency and then she tried to stand up for her and even that wasn't allowed. So talk about the things that you're not allowed to do. But I honestly am not saying that Susie isn't huge, but I think Jenny is like so big oh, and mega. Like, yeah, where it's like it's like it's actually embarrassing when you see the Met Gala and they're like and this is and they don't if they don't know her name like something's fucking wrong with you and then also like 50,000 fans will fucking yell at that person for the next like two months or forever and so that show I personally I can't watch it it's gonna be way too fucking triggering to me and like it it would just trigger so many bad feelings in me and I am very like like I'm just like I can't support that and I just don't fucking want to watch it However, when I was looking at all the comments and stuff like this, because I was interested in that whole Jenny thing, so many fans were like, I'm just going to watch this for Jenny. I'm just going to watch this for Jenny. And I don't know who they are because they're just like icons with like Blackpink bias something in their name. But like, you know, like that's fine. I know the role got like when Sam Levinson took over, her role got really, really, really small. Um, The big criticism is that a lot of the Yeah, a lot of the female, like even you know, Lily Rose, obviously she's like the main, but like a lot of the female characters, the depth that they had and like the trauma and all those kind Mm -hmm. of things you got to pull out in a long string to make a show like this. Um, Apparently those are really scrapped for more like just raunchy things and like sex scenes. Yeah, basically like what people are saying is just like literally porn on screen. Right. So, um, you know, it is surprising that I, like I was talking, I was like, yeah, it's so weird that they would let her do this or she would Mm -hmm. continue on with this. But I honestly think that like, I think the move is like, you know, she has the power to be able to like, I want to do this. And I know that she has collabed with, and is thinking of collabing with Abel or The Weeknd more on other Mm -hmm. things. but In like musical sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think putting herself there is great. Like, I also know that she like just did a Calvin Klein ad with like for bra and panties and she got killed by Korean people for doing that. Yeah. And like, I didn't see that. It's just an ad. Like it's, it's very normal for like us as North Americans to see it. And I'm not saying anything, but it's like, it's like a bikini, like, or even just like, I don't know how to explain it more than that. But apparently she was like getting slammed for it too. So misogynistic because I know for a fact, like soccer players are always in Calvis and they're like, Oh my God, like your body is like perfect. Like a man can be in his freaking boxers, but you won't let a woman in but also I get it in a way because I just know how small minded some Koreans can be in terms of like showing skin or like nudity or like whatever. Because I remember Hwasa from Mamamoo is like a K-pop 
band. Hwasa is my favorite. I think you will love her if you don't know her. She's like the sexiest. Like she's like one of the first K-pop idols who are actually curvy and like embraces it. And she was photographed at the airport in a white t-shirt without wearing a bra. And then the paparazzi like went off and like was blasted everywhere being like, how dare she like make us all uncomfortable with what she's wearing and all this shit. And then she just like stays silent, but she wrote a, like a line in one of her songs, like talking back. And I'm like, yeah, like, are we okay? We're criticizing women showing fucking nipples through our t-shirts at an airport when I'm coming home. Like I wasn't waiting for you to like take pictures of you doing this. Yeah, no, I mean, I think obviously their health is such a high standard and there's people in that world that's kind of trying to break those boundaries, but that's very much a thing within like all, I mean, I'm going to say East Asian cultures. It's such a taboo and it's so like, frowned upon but it's again in a way it is misogynistic right it's like basically the policing on women's bodies is so serious it's already like that here too but in just totally different ways because we have it's just so much different when it happens with female stars like that that's just like a thing especially in east asian cultures and our pop music so anyways all that to say yeah i think it's actually like she's too big for people to say anything at this point i personally mm-hmm. really think that and i think um, each of them are doing their own, you know, alt thing and going off and getting invited to cans like on their own and fashion week on their own. So yeah, there's almost like nothing at this point that you can really do because I mean, if you look at some of the videos, it's not like, I, I don't want to say revealing, but some of the closest, like some of the choices are like that, right there, or they wear mm-hmm. like schoolgirl outfits. Like, so what do you, what, like, what is right here? Yeah. You know? What's okay here? Like that we like infantilize these people or are they not allowed to just like make their money with a Calvin Klein ad like and show their body like that's literally why people are buying this shit like why else would they buy it yeah they're definitely it's like an ownership that I feel Korean fans have towards their celebrities to be like but I back you like I listen to your music like I watch all your shows like so there is like an ownership there where I feel like they're entitled to have a say in what they do but I think the way even we're talking about, like, yeah, like, I can't believe Jenny's team will let her do this. Like, I don't know if that's like our narrow minds or of the trends that we have been seeing in this industry. And I think on like, to flip this, like, I'm really excited to see where this will mean for other K-pop artists or any any diaspora that are kind of like pigeonholed to be in this like title. Like, I think the fact that Jenny is so global, she's friends with like Simi Hayes and she's friends with like Tavia Bonetti, who is like a really pretty like model that are, that live in LA. Like, I hope that this actually like opens more doors to be more like cross pollinating and, you know, breaking that barrier and just like make, just freaking normalize it. Like I know it yeah. shouldn't be this like huge thing. We're like gasping about which no. I literally did, but like, you know, like I think it's cool to see that like, you know, things are changing and I think it means more beautiful art will be made more better storytelling and just more. And less, yeah. Like unless censored stuff, honestly, like I get it. Like if you don't want kids to be watching like sex scenes all the time, like obviously, but at this point, like let's not demonize sex. I obviously it comes from a place and there's yeah. still a lot of the stuff here, but like, we've been doing this for so long people know what the hell is going on so like you know let's just let people be um but yeah no we were also talking about some of the other moments from aapi yes month uh, i know jazz has something on the top of her head so if you want to share <laughs> we're talking about simu Lui. 
I think so. Or who else are you talking about? What are you texting me? Okay. Is there, are there more people? I don't no, know. That is, that is what I want to talk about. Okay. Okay. So I feel we contradict ourselves a lot on this when we're talking about presentation because like we want to see more, but we want to see more from other people and not the tokenized people that we're seeing from currently. So I acknowledge that. But so there's been a discourse online and I think there are two camps of people when it comes to this topic is the people that are pro similarly and cons similarly or they think he's cringe and I'll tell you why I'm on the cringe side of things to catch everyone up who might not be familiar <clears throat> Simu is from Canada and he made his like debut in um what's the convenience show Kim's convenience which is like a CBC show but it was like a comedy he did really well and then he's really active on Twitter he loves his social media so I guess like you know he was talking about how like Marvel like get at me like let's make a movie together so then that spiraled into him being in the first Marvel Asian like lead movie which was amazing groundbreaking and then ever since then, he reached like such high status. Um, he continued to be like a little bit more loud on Twitter, which is like fine or whatever. But it the discourse always ended up being him like being whiny, if that makes sense. And <clears throat> recently he's in the Barbie movie and there has been like a fluff piece writing from Huffington Post. And I thought it was funny. And this journalist wrote about how hey, like, can we please have other Asian guys represent us and someone who's maybe more attractive or like, you know, let's let's diversify our Asian leads because, I mean, I can probably name like five or 10 Asian guys that get to play Asian roles. And that is true. Like it's limited and we'd identify that, but Simu doesn't always need to get it. And then Simu reposts that and like condemns this guy of writing this, being like, how dare you Huffington Post? Like, this is like, where's your journalistic integrity or whatever? And then <laughs> this obviously got caught when because he's in the new Barbie movie. This other TikTok creator stitches that and talks about how she finds him cringe. And these are all valid points that are entitled to her own opinion. And I thought it was really funny. Turns out Simu screenshotted that TikTok, posted on his Instagram. Also love how he's like cross-pollinating on his social media accounts. He reposted it, wrote this like essay with like five points being like, number one, like his thoughts or whatever. And then the fact that he ended, which pissed me the fuck off, was like, I hope she gets the help she needs. Oh, and I'm just, so not only are you like publicly shaming this creator who is entitled to her own opinion, you are so ego bruised that someone doesn't like you. And if you did want to share that, you could have hit her face. You could have like blared it out or whatever, but like publicly wanted to humiliate her on your platform when she was just like making something opinionated of her own. And apparently there is this tweet that summarizes how I feel about Suma perfectly is that like he picks the worst hills to die on to try to make himself feel good. And I feel like there's so many numerous stories where it's the same shit. And I'm just like, Simu, can you just be quiet? No, I take that back. It's just like, it's just enough. I am. I'm just sick of him. I just feel like there's a responsibility. Like, okay. The reason why cancel culture is in mainstream right now is because the people who get canceled have huge platforms because they did something shitty. No one's saying cancel. You hardly get canceled. Like you just come back with an apology People take some time, some maybe you lose some fans, you gain some others, and then basically you're back on the screen and like XYZ. Not everybody, I'm not saying like an R. Kelly situation, but even that took a long time to get him off. 
there's like literally documentaries about him. And that's still to me in my head, not canceling somebody personally for literal horrific crimes. Now there's also something I'm always like, don't like, I think for the average person, it's sick to Google yourself, but it's like something that you would like to tell your closest friends or yourself. If you are searching your name on every platform as a celebrity and then using it to call it out, like, I don't care if you do that on your own, fine. Like do that shit on your own. Then people are going to know how insecure you are. Like that's so yes. freaking insecure. Cause I know in that video, he wasn't tagged in that video. And also no. in many of the situations he's not tagged. So that means we're going through like this carousel of looking up your own name on different social platforms and Googling yourself, finding that Huffington Post thing, finding that TikTok creator thing when you weren't tagged. And like that just makes you seem so insecure. And our biggest thing yeah. with celebrities is like, I'm sorry, the fame, with the fame and the money, you have to have, you're held to a higher standard. I don't know what to tell you, but like, I'm so sorry. That's just the way the world works where because you're making this much money, because you're representing people, like you are held to a higher standard. And like, you know, that's, that's something that is just intrinsic. It just it comes with the job. It comes with the millions of dollars and the fame and everything you do, right? It just comes with it. So to do this against average everyday people who have a criticism, and this just so happens to be on an app that allows things to blow up in different ways, like doesn't need for you to have many followers for it to be big. What is the point of doing that? Like we literally Mm -hmm. talk about stop Asian hate and stop hate against Asian women and others. And right now we have a clear example of someone like pointing out again, like with their 3 million followers, like let's dox this person. Like, what do you think people are going to do with this? Like what kind of, what is the reaction that you're hoping to get as a celebrity to go against a person who's one video or a few videos went viral? Like, what is the point of that? I have no clue. Um, I didn't watch this, but I know she came back with like a secondary one. And I'm like, yo, good for you because that kind of death threat pain I know she went through a lot of threats is horrible. Like, and I've been through it so many times. You've experienced and, that. Yeah. And I think at that point, like the best thing you do is like, if you want to do that video, do it. If not, just like whatever, take your time, but don't read the comments. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. so fucking bad. And especially when someone puts an alert system above your head to all these people, like let's get her hope she needs help. Like she needs help. Let's get her. Like wh- how is that constructive? And how is that being good to your fans? And how is that respecting Asian women like I just feel like everything totally. is so wrong there and I just like that's all I have to say about it I'm not even surprised um and again I'm with you we're like we need better representation we don't have many like we really don't we need to bring more people in the system that they can enter the Marvel universe where I don't have to feel like secondhand cringe like oh it's Aquafina again like I don't want that like I'm yeah. so done like so there needs to be more and I think that isn't us hating on representation it's like representation also means a vast array of who we are. Those people don't represent us. That's simply what we're saying. And mm-hmm. um, no reason to get like fired up for it and like put someone on like blast for it. I just feel like that's so insane personally. You're, you make such a good point. It was just so irresponsible. Like yeah. do, at the level that you're at, don't you have a PR team who can consult, but it sounds like he did it on his own and like he didn't even consult with anyone. And I'm sure his PR team is like, scolding him being like why did you do that like it is so disrespectful I think it's irresponsible I think it is really like lame and like really unclassy of someone in your stature of your sure maybe you're new to this clearly but like 
surround yourself with good people and like think about it in a bigger sense like this is bigger than you and because there is our lack of representation yes there is more immense pressure on you like I know Constance Wu went through this when you know she first came out of Crazy Rich Asians like she was so pigeonholed to this role like she felt so trapped and like you know there was a lot of like power dynamic plays as she continued on her career, which even led to her like suicide, like suicidal thoughts. And like, I know that's really rough and it's unfair that we as consumers put put that on them, but like, come on, man. Like this was a little bit too obvious. Like, I think if anything you want, we need to fix this. We need like a good agents to exist, to be like, look, if you're going to get famous, this is what's going to happen to you. Or like Mm -hmm. slap a therapist on that person, like a realistic before this fame hits, because I I can probably under I can't understand how overwhelming that might be, but it's you don't I'm sorry you don't get to act like a freaking average troll anymore like you just can't no. like you no you, exactly like you've Ghost. made <laughs> yeah yeah you've made the Marvel universe you're in Barbie you are in like blockbuster hits getting everything you like would possibly want and you're still looking up yourself and making it obvious to everyone that you're doing that, like be satisfied with what you have. And also, again, like I said, like you're not going to win over everybody, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And if people are going to voice their opinion, because people should opinion, have opinions as well. Don't cancel their thoughts as well. They're mm-hmm. average people. So obviously like what I have to say is like, it's just the pettiest, like you said, lamest. It's, it's, it's not, it's like a, I hate it because it literally, you literally put a dog whistle slash like got all these people to, like berate and potentially harass this one creator mm-hmm. who's an Asian woman. But other than that, it's like we like showing that you don't care that much. Like being a it's Ke- way hotter. Yeah, being like a Keanu Reeves, like showing up for things you care about, like environment, like speaking about certain things, and then just dipping off the face of the earth and having like a cigarette in Brooklyn, and someone just randomly gets a photo of you. That's way better. Like we know that he's like we're just like yo, he's so secure with him his own shit. Like whatever, he's doing his own thing. Like. I know we know, like, I don't even want to admit it, but like, he's already made the status that it's, you're already up there. Like, you don't need Mm -hmm. to be doing this petty shit and getting trolling like you did, like, before. Like, you're not normal, like, you're not a normal average Joe. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just not what it is. So, for you to do that, it's so damaging and so petty. So, yeah, it's like, act like you've been here, babe. You made it. We're proud of you. You did it. Yeah, like, like you've been there, act the part. Yeah, like we both have imposter syndrome, but please, like, get it through your head. Like, just, you, you're already there. Like, you're there. Mm-hmm. So, like, just stop. Like, I, I get it. Like, there's always things to strive for, but striving doesn't go from looking at yourself and then looking at all your bad comments and then finding ways to dox people. Like, that is yeah. not the way to strive for better. Like, that is just strange. Yeah. Anyways, that's how we started API Month, and that's where end- how we're ending it. No, <laughs> we'll end it with how great past lives is and it's gonna be an amazing beautiful movie that's gonna resonate with people on the topic of exo kitty though i i did hear my hannah actually watched it she said it was like 75 percent of it was actually in korean which is really cool but again i have a tiff to pick with jenny han who's the creator of the series because she also did like the to all the boys i loved series where we talked about this before on the show where it's like I get that with Netflix and things like that to get greenlit, you do need to play the game a little bit, but like there was not a single Korean person in that cast portraying a half Korean sisters. 
And I just felt that was such like a miss. And even in the EXO Kitty, like, yes, I think it's cool that they have a lot of Korean cast that are in there. And I think they do explore like different topics. Like, I think one of the girl is gay. So has like a beard boyfriend or something like that. And she couldn't mm. come up to her parents or whatever. It's like only little clip I saw on TikTok. So like, that's cool. And like, yeah, I do. Okay, this is another topic we can talk about at our next time we chat but there is this like weird line of like fetishizing korean culture right now and i i saw this tiktok where this girl's like korea has such dark past secrets that like are actually like we need to air it out and there is like this fetishization of like people go and buy like vintage or get a facial or like massages and like get work done but like there is such like a darker side that we do need to i think acknowledge at some point so yeah for sure dive a little deeper into that later no let's definitely talk about but just in your life uh before we end this off what's been going on (laughs) well i have publicly told everyone on tiktok that i am fun employed and today's actually like my last day but um yeah it's been it's one of those things where i guess i was fun employed last one of the episodes be they were both fun employed but um yeah this one kind of came out of the left field which was a little bit of a bummer but all in all i i just need to believe that god has a different plan yeah but i so i had a month notice so i've been taking the time this month to like apply and like they were able to really graciously give me some time to like figure that shit out there was this one conversation that I had with a potential employer last year that just like didn't really work out. And I was so happy in the current job that I was at that I even like thought to myself, if I were to ever leave, I would need to get fired if they ever wanted me. So like maybe I manifested a little bit too hard because that's exactly what happened. And I've been talking with them again. And yeah, maybe the timing this time around would be better. But on the topic of timing, it's a little bit shitty because I'm leaving for a month tomorrow mm. i'm doing my big like europe trip wow. um traveling with just a carry-on so Eat, send pray, your prayers. yeah um <laughs> so i mean i blessing in disguise hopefully that with the output that i'm putting in of connecting with people cold emailing whatever it may be um maybe it'll give me different perspective hopefully fingers crossed by the time that i'm back i will have a job and i'll start something so um, I did just run into a girl. I was buying like pair of shorts for her that she was selling on Instagram and mm. she's in the same boat. She just like took a chance on her, uh, on herself and seeing where things will go. And like, I do believe in the power, just kind of like making that jump and seeing yeah. what the ripple effect has in place. So yeah, it's been a transformative up and down year and hoping for the best. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like facing these kind of situations. Yeah. They're getting laid off, obviously, where I work. There's a lot of uncertainty like like it's not a it's not a secret but obviously our company is like in a bidding war after posting for bankruptcy we lost so many amazing people it's so demoralizing obviously Mm -hmm. it's like incredibly exhausting demoralizing um you know what more can you do but it does help you remember to focus on yourself and obviously Mm -hmm. uh just like what's important to you because at the end of the day i'm such i was i was super driven by work achievements and you know I still am it's just something that's so ingrained in me but it's really helping me to like push that and be like what the hell do I want which is like the first time in a long time I've thought about that which is really important and I think like you got that last time when you left yeah you know where you were and I think that's really it's one of the big inspirations for me to be like let's like think about you know wow how what I want like what do I want to do for myself and I think 
you know, what happened to you recently freaking sucks, but it's not just you. It's hardly the talent. It's always just these overestimates from companies that we can't control. And it really sucks because it hurts your pride and it just is awful. But uh, at the same time, hopefully, you know, at least I think we are like, uh, like we're better in some cases than other people, like, which is good. And I hope that you can still take this time, enjoy it. And something like there will be something planned, like in plans for you, you know, things are moving and even change of mindset, things that are happening. So I'm not worried for you, obviously, but I obviously know how hard it is. So, you know, kudos for you for like staying so positive. It is difficult for sure. Definitely. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Please, everyone, send me your prayers. Keep all your fingers crossed. And hopefully next time we chat, I'll have some good news. Yeah. And uh, have a great summer. Enjoy your trip. And next time we should do a like visual slideshow on TikTok. Actually, we're expecting maiden TikToks. Go on our TikTok, which is basically... I'm Maiden. I'm Maiden on TikTok, basically. Guys, and we've then, been going viral on TikTok. Don't miss out. Jazz you has been going viral. In. No. Yes. You need to tap in now before we get too big. Okay? So we, I hope to see your the best girly pray love trip love. from you on our account. You, got so. it. you know what I'm actually going to do? I'm going to bring up? myself a cup ramen because I know I'm going to need a palate cleanser eating all that white people that, through. So that's I'm a planning video. ahead. That's a yeah. video. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, okay. well, thanks everyone. Hope you had an amazing API month. Don't forget sunscreen as you go outside, and yes. we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Made In. Email us at hi at imadein.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at imadein underscore. Thank you again. <laughs>